Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. This message was not recorded live. We had a few technical problems, so I'm doing this from the friendly confines of my very own office here at First Lutheran Church in Texarkana, Texas. Today's message is set free from persistent temptations. A while back, I got this email. It said, Pastor Barry, every morning I start out with great intentions to change my ways. I think today is going to be different, but it never is. Somehow, in some way, I always fall back into my same old ways of relating to people and my old bad habits. Sometimes I feel like there's a tug of war going on inside of me. I really want to do what's best, but I always end up disappointing myself and God. I've tried everything, prayer, resolutions, self-help tapes, even hypnosis. Nothing seems to work. Why do I keep making the same mistakes over and over? Why am I so reluctant and resistant to change? Why do I do things that I know are bad for me? I'm very discouraged, and I need your help getting unstuck. Well, I have to tell you that one thing I wrote back right away was, uh, my help would only be as directed by God's help. See, it's as if, if all of us were honest, we'd have to admit that we felt the same way as the person who wrote me this email. The things you want to do, you end up not doing. The things you know are bad, you end up doing. You get caught in what I call the cycle of failure. It's good intentions, followed by action, followed by failure, followed by guilt, followed by good intentions, followed by action, followed by failure, followed by guilt, and on and on and on. This happens because good intentions are not good enough. If you could change strictly from desire, then you would have already done it. But it takes something much deeper, and we're going to take a look at today uh, what God's Word says about being set free from persistent temptations. But maybe we need to talk a little bit about persistent temptations. Maybe it's anger or fear that dominates your life. Maybe it's worry or resentment. It could be lust and sexual thoughts. It could be greed, jealousy, or envy, and I guess the list could go on and on. These are the persistent habits that you know mess you up and mess you over, and you'd like to get rid of them. But you just don't know how to break the cycle. Well, friends, Paul obviously felt this way, for as you read in Romans chapter 7, verse 15, I don't understand myself, for I really want to do what's right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do the very thing I hate. So, how do I break free from persistent temptations? As you read through the Bible, both in uh, the book of Proverbs and many places in the New Testament, you'll find some principles and patterns that help. And today I'm going to summarize them in seven steps. This is how you get set free. Step one, predetermine my pattern of temptation. Every one of us has unique patterns. A unique fingerprint, thumbprint, palm print, eye print, footprint, and voice print. And just as that's true of you physically, it's also true of you emotionally and spiritually. While we all have the same temptations, they come at us in different ways, depending on your personality, your background, and other things. In other words, certain things tempt you, and others don't. So you need to know your patterns, because the devil certainly knows them, and he knows them better than you. So you better know what trips you up, because if you don't, it's like going into a war with a blindfold on. You need to ask yourself five questions. When am I most tempted? Where am I most tempted? Who is with me when I'm most tempted? What temporary benefits do I get if I give in? And how do I feel right before I'm tempted? 
once you determine the how, where, when, why, and what, you'll begin to see the pattern in your life, and then you'll be able to move on to step two, plan to avoid it. Now, I know this is not rocket science, but see, once you know what the triggers are, you can begin to set boundaries that will keep you from these situations. If you don't want to get stung, then you stay away from the bees. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 26 and 27 say, Plan carefully what you do. Avoid evil and walk straight ahead. Don't go one step off the right way. If you just keep your eyes focused, don't get distracted. Say to yourself, I'm just not going to put myself in this situation again. That's the smart way to do it. Step number three, protect the condition of my heart. Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart, for it affects everything you do. Friends, if you want to change something that is continually causing you to stumble, you don't start with your behavior. You start with the heart. You start inside of you. Ask yourself, what's going on inside of me that causes me to want to do this? In other words, you need a spiritual x-ray of your heart. Ephesians 4.27 says, Do not give the devil a foothold. Now, what does this mean? Let me illustrate it this way. In World War II, after the Japanese took over the entire South Pacific, the United States Marines set out to retake those islands. The plan was simple. They'd land on an island and establish a beachhead, an area maybe only 10 yards deep and 200 yards wide, but it was enough to give them a toehold, a foothold. From that beachhead, they began to push back, taking the island a little bit at a time. An interesting fact is this. Once the Marines landed and established a beachhead, they never lost an island. Once they got on it, you weren't going to kick them off. Victory was assured. Yep, there would be some lost battles, but ultimately victory was assured. Friends, this is what happens when the devil establishes a foothold in your life. He starts by getting one little area, a secret sin a personal habit, this little area nobody knows about. But you're probably thinking, that's okay, because you've got it contained to one little area. But if that's what you think, you're sadly mistaken. That's stinking thinking. Do you think Satan is going to be satisfied with just a beachhead? Maybe you've heard the phrase, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Guess what? Satan has, has a motto too. I hate you, and I have a terrible plan for your life. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life. But when you spell live backwards, it spells evil. God says, I came to give you life. Satan says, I want you to die. And he's going to try to establish a foothold and take it over, bit by little bit. Now, we need to ask ourselves, what's the most common foothold that Satan gets in our life? The answer is, any negative emotion. It can be jealousy or envy. Fear or resentment can be a foothold. Lust can be a foothold. Anger or boredom can be a foothold. Any negative emotion gives him a little spot to begin destroying your life. Mix several negative conditions together, and they are very potent indeed. For instance, say you're tired, frustrated, and lonely. That combination is setting you up for temptation. That's why you have to consider the condition of your heart. Then step four, pray for God's help. If you're not talking to God regularly, you have no protection against temptation. That's what Jesus told his disciples in Matthew 26:41. Keep alert and pray, otherwise temptation will overpower you. Now, I don't know about you, but I often forget to pray about my temptations. 
Sometimes it's because I want to go my own way. I'm stubborn. But more often it's because I'm too busy. And because I get too busy, I've had to learn how to pray arrow prayers or microwave prayers. You just pray it immediately in the middle of the circumstance. Psalm 50 verse 15 says, Call to me when trouble comes, I will save you. I hope you caught that. When trouble comes. You know, if you're out driving and the jerk in the next lane is making you angry and you want to cut him off, you don't think, I should add this to my prayer list for my devotion time tomorrow morning. Pray a prayer for help in that moment. And when you do, God answers. Why should God answer? Very simply, because he cares. Hebrews 4, 14-16 Jesus understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same temptations that we do, and yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and grace to help us when we need it. That's why you come boldly, with no hesitation, because you know he cares, and you know he has the strength to help. Step number five. Point your attention elsewhere. James 1, 14-15. Temptation is the pull of your own evil thoughts and wishes. These evil thoughts lead to evil action. I don't know if you've ever noticed that if you're standing at the edge of the cliff, and you look over, there seems to be something that's pulling you toward the bottom. What is it? It's like when you're driving down the highway and you look off at something along the side of the road, you tend to drift in that direction. Why is that? If I said to you right now, are you hungry? You might think, well, yeah, I am a little bit hungry. Why is that? Well, it's because whatever gets your attention draws you toward it. But here's a little secret. Catch it at the attention stage and divert your attention to something else. Change your thoughts. Paul told the Corinthian church, we capture every thought and make it obey Christ. Now that takes practice, but it's possible. When Satan came and tempted Jesus after he had been fasting for 40 days in the desert, he said, why don't you take these stones and turn them into bread? Now Jesus didn't say, I'm going to resist the hunger. Instead, he turned his attention to God's word and to God. So friends, divert your attention because whatever gets your attention is going to get you. What I'm saying is this, don't try to argue with the devil. You're always going to lose. When temptation calls and you see it on your caller ID, temptation, don't pick up the phone. Go do something else. The more you fight a feeling, the more it's going to control you in the end. But if you divert your attention, if you ignore it, you will weaken it. Romans 12:21 says, don't let evil conquer you but conquer evil with good. Fill your mind with truth. Fill your mind with good thoughts. Step number six. Pick an accountability partner. Now friends, I gotta tell you, this is the reason most people never break free from their habits. It's because they're unwilling to do this. Now let me be honest with you. Let me be blunt. If you're unwilling to have an, uh, an accountability partner, stop kidding yourself. You really don't want to change. What happens is we want to change, but the fear of change keeps us from doing it. And only when the pain exceeds the fear do we change. We don't change when we see the light. We change when we feel the heat. But as your pastor and as your friend, don't get yourself into so much pain that it forces you to change. Be smart enough to change before the pain becomes that intense. Now, how do you do it? It's simple. Get an accountability partner.
Ecclesiastes 4 verses 10 and 11 say two are better than one. If one falls down, the other can help him up. But if someone is alone and falls, there is no one to help him. The fact is, God has wired us to need each other. Each of us needs a solid Christian friend. See, a friend who walks in when everybody else walks out. A friend who doesn't rub it in, but who rubs it out. A friend who says, you're a good egg, even if you are a little cracked. And guess what? You don't need a whole lot of friends. But you need someone who says, I'm going to love you, and I'm on your side no matter what. You need somebody who says, I'm on your side, and I want to help you be set free. I'm going to hold you accountable, and you hold me. We'll check up on each other, and we'll encourage each other. And when you do that, guess what? The moment you share your secret sin with somebody else, the temptation that's got you by the jugular and that guilt that's got you all tied up starts weakening instantly. Simply sharing it with another person starts making it easier. Sin's grip is broken. But friends, i got to tell you, if you can't talk about it because it's too painful or too embarrassing or too shameful or you're too bitter about it, if you can't talk about it, this problem is controlling you. But when you begin to talk about it with a spiritual friend who holds you accountable, you begin to regain control. Step number seven. Persist in believing, I can change. Here's the good news. You don't have to stay the same, and it's never too late to break free. You may have dealt with this habit for years, but let me tell you how it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen with a miracle. Some of you have been praying that God would just take away the problem. Some of you are waiting for that one experience, that emotional shot, that silver bullet, that pill, that seminar, that sermon, that all of a sudden it takes it away and you are never tempted again. Well, I hate to burst your bubble, but it's probably not going to happen that way. How does God take it away? 1 Corinthians 10.13 tells us, No temptation has come your way that is beyond what others have had to face. All you need to remember is that God will never let you down. He'll never let you be pushed past your limit. He'll always be there to help you come through that temptation. Now you might be saying, I was in this situation and I was tempted and I couldn't help it. You're right. That's why you need God's power. That's why you need God's power in a Christian friend who can be Jesus in the flesh for you. That's why you need God's Spirit in your life, because you're not going to set yourself free on your own. Breaking a persistent temptation is simple, but it's not easy, though it's as simple as ABC. Accountability, boundaries, Christian friends. I told you at the beginning that this is not rocket science, friends. If you want to break these habits, take these steps, and take them seriously. Let's pray. Father in heaven, you know all the habits and temptations in our lives that has tripped us up for years. You know all the tempting situations that we're facing right now. You even know what temptations lay ahead of us this next week that we don't even know are coming and are going to hit us, or maybe even blindside us. So we are asking for your help, but we're not taking, asking for a miracle. We're asking for your strength to take these steps that we just talked about. We're willing to follow your principles so we can change and be set free. Help us to clearly see the patterns in our lives that lead to temptation. And then give us enough strength to start avoiding them and building some boundaries in our life. Lord, help us to remember to refocus our attention when things get our attention and tempt us. 
Today we commit to finding a spiritual accountability partner who can help us in the specific areas of our weakness and so that we can help them and encourage them as well. Most importantly, Lord, we need you to do some heart surgery on us. Remove the negative emotions that make us vulnerable to temptation. Replace the discouragement and the exhaustion or the boredom or the spiritual dryness or the emptiness. Replace the insecurity and the deep wounds and the hurts in my heart. Replace the resentment, the anger, the sadness, the loneliness with your love, with your forgiveness, and with your confidence. We want to learn to trust you, and so we ask you to start changing us from the inside out, starting right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.